With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Rock. Ahoy, friends, and thank you for tuning in to Truth and Justice. You are listening to the Friday follow-up for Season 12, Episode 22, Nick Crum. This week, we heard Bob's present-day interview with Nick Crum, who has been listening to the show himself. We also had a bonus episode this week where we heard Nick's 2015 police interview. So this week, Bob, Janet, and I have a lot to unpack, and we have your listener questions right after this break. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications, and that's why yesterday I knew that you did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, one thing that Zach did not mention in the uh, in the intro is, yes, we had a bonus episode, which was Nick's 2015 interview that dropped on Tuesday. Uh, but also on Wednesday afternoon, another bonus episode dropped that is Nick's 2016 interview with police. Uh, so if you're watching this live on the on the YouTube live uh, today at 5 p.m. Eastern time, that will that will drop. So you'll have that extra uh, interview there too. So by the, by the time the, by the time you're listening to this follow up, there are two bonus episodes. Um, I just want, and I just want. There's nothing really new there. I just wanted to. You heard me talking with Nick a little bit about like memory issues and some inconsistencies, and 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 you know, and he, he said it's like, well, the first time he got interviewed, he hadn't thought about the case in ten years, and it kind of jarred his memory. Uh, and then if he did this follow up interview, but I wanted you guys to for full disclosure and transparency, I wanted you guys to hear all of that. Um, so anybody that wants to do that, those bonus episodes are up there. Uh, Janet, what'd you think about Nick Crumb's interview on Sunday? Uh, I, I mean, I thought it was great. I, I really enjoyed getting to listen to both interviews. Um, yes, there were some discrepancies and I think we have questions about those and we'll talk about them. Um, there was a lot of great information in there, but if for no other reason to sort of hear what it's like when memories shift over time and ways in which investigators can sort of try to lead you to something without giving you all the information up front. Like all of that I mm-hmm. thought was really interesting. And it was really interesting, frankly, if you think maybe you don't care about listening to the 2015, I would say listen to it because it's very interesting to hear a totally different style of having a casual conversation with someone years later. Like the guy that is investigating it in 2015 is like nice to almost a fault. Like he's so nice Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know. I'm just always interested in like how do different people approach things and like, you know, what's their style and, you know. And I thought I think it was a detective. It was Harvey, I think, was the cop that was talking to him in 2015 in the bonus. Mm. Um, And I liked his style. I like, you know, because when he was trying to get information about the Austin Alba incident at the mall, he's careful not to give him. You know, he's like, did you ever have any interaction? You know, first it was, did Jacob have a roommate? Yeah. You remember anything about his roommate? Seeing if he offers anything up. And then he's like. Is there anything, uh, did you ever have anything happen at a mall? And he's like, I don't know. Is there something at a mall where maybe somebody said, you know, and then and then you can almost feel when Nick's like, oh, like oh, that memory triggered. There. We've all been there. Yeah. We, I've totally have had that feeling where I go, oh, shoot. Yes. Yeah. Wait a minute. Like, totally forgot about that. I've so been that person. Yep. And that, that was, it, it was, I, I, it was neat to listen to. Um but it was, and, and for me, like it adds, you know, validity to that particular story too, because you could, you could, you could tell, like Nick was like in that interview, he's not going to tell, he's not going to offer up anything that he doesn't know or remember. He's very clear to say, I don't remember, I don't know, I don't. Yeah. And then when he says that, he was, but even then, he still didn't remember right up off offhand who it was. But he's like, I do, rem- I remember that. Yes, I do remember that happening. Uh, and then you'll hear in the 2016 interview. By then, he he had. I think he had talked to some people. He thought about it and really put, put some time to, committed to, and then he had more names and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, I want to go over a few things as far as inconsistencies before we get to but the what questions. About, but what about thought? That's and I would say, but I also that's why my hand was up like this because I was going to say, but I want to hear what Zach thinks about the uh, interview first. Is what I was about to say. Okay. Happy, so happy birthday, Zach. <laughs> Thank you guys. I appreciate you guys. Uh, so first and foremost, obviously Nick is a, is listening to this. So anything I'm about to say, I'm not throwing any shade towards Nick. I'm just talking. Yeah. Just so this is very aware. This is what I do. Um, how much weight do you think we can actually put into this? Because you know, I know listening to this that we have a lot of time pass. I also know that as you said in the episode, there's two episodes of interviews where he did relay some information that we got to hear before he was interviewed. So that's nice to know. Uh huh. But I also know he's a listener. So he's been listening previously. So some of the things he was relaying to us in this current interview are things that have been out there. And I know he like there was some times where he put timestamps on there where I know that he doesn't know the time. Right. He knows the time because we put it out there. Yeah. Great point. And, and he was points. actually, if you listen, he was he was pretty clear about like like with the phone calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think he he said like I listened to your episode and I about the phone records and I called at this time and this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, maybe it wasn't clear enough, but he definitely wasn't claiming to like remember making those. And, calls. and I truly didn't feel like he was, but mm-hmm. also I I just it's things like this that I know that I'm like I know he's listening, so that I know that he is possibly putting things in his memory that maybe aren't there mm-hmm. yeah or or whatever it is i don't i'm not 100 percent sure yeah so as i mentioned one thing to be to point out is when i record that interview neither bo nash or um alex fulan's interviews had aired yet so he had not heard those so he hadn't heard alex tell the story about the incident at the mall um and we do have a record of him of him sharing that back in um uh, 2015 or 2016 with police and kind of sort of confirming in 2015. I did talk to Nick. I want to point out, uh, uh, cause I, I called him. I was like, Hey man, I, I, I went through like the police files and some records and there's definitely some inconsistencies. I just want to chat with you about him because I know people are going to want to know about him on the follow up. Uh, and he said, yeah, they got a phone with me and he's like, yeah, man, I saw people posting about that stuff, but I'm in Facebook jail right now and I can't comment. 
So if you're wondering why Nick hasn't responded to your questions, it's because he's in Facebook jail and Facebook right now won't let him comment. Why? Um, uh, I didn't ask. It didn't seem like it was any of my business. <laughs> why like, he was in I Facebook? S- I actually stole um, a, a remote control virtually through Facebook. Uh, yeah. Right. My mom's going to be pissed, <laughs> but uh, so I'm in Facebook yeah. jail. Oh, you know, Nick. and as, as Janet kind of jokes about that, that's one thing that does lend credibility is, you know, his sense of wanting to tell. And he's like, oh, I hope my mom's not listening. Yeah, yeah. And then he tells, you know, and that's that to me, that lends that lends true because that's something you're not going to want to just put out there. Right. And, and, and my impression from just talking to Nick in that interview and then I spent about a half hour talking with him on Monday evening um, was that Nick's doing his very best to just be completely honest and tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I discussed with him, I said, you know, there's things, you know, memories get manipulated. You blend things. And, you know, like for one one example um, that I that I touched, somebody and I think in the question was like, we told Bob, I was like, I knew this uh, weeks before this came out that this conflict was there. Um, that, you know, in the time cards, uh, you know, he says that on Monday morning, the police came to circuit city and, um, right. they were there first thing. And my first thought was, why, would they, how sense. would they, how would they know to go there right away? Yeah. Um, looking at the time cards, Nick was working all day on Monday. Bo was not, which makes sense. Cause Bo says he went up to the crime scene right. with Javier that morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know, when I, when I mentioned that to Nick, he's like, oh, he's like, I must be thinking of another day then. We also know um, that they that for sure some of them went up there multiple times. Like, we, I mean, yeah, I say for sure. I- anecdotally, from what we've heard, it sounds like Javi went up there multiple times that week. You know, different people right. were sort of going up at different times. So, and, and so I'm sure there was a of... lot of activity going on multiple days. You know, it was a huge crime scene, very confusing, very complex. Like, I'm sure there were things happening for quite some time. Maybe I'm wrong, Bob, but I would imagine that there was still. A, like a hum of activity going on beyond just yeah, the first day. there there was, and that's kind of what we figured out because I, I said, well, I, I know you didn't go up there Monday, and he like, and I, and I told him about the time. He's like, yeah, well, obviously not. And he's like, but I did. He said, I know I went up there, and I know when we went up there, we were on out, we went on Alpine, but we couldn't go up the driveway, and there was still he still remembers like a fire truck and police cars. And I was like, well, that could have been, you know, in my experience, especially with an arson, they'll like leave a. um so you have to get a consent to search and warrants and stuff, um, but there's 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 case law at least in Michigan where fire department has the right to continue working and searching in the house until they leave the scene. Mm. Um, so a lot of times, like we'll we'll even when we clear, we'll leave like one guy in a truck there on the scene. Um, uh, but it's not uncommon at all for there to be fire trucks still there. We know there were police still there. The fact that he said he was able to drive all the way up to the driveway but not go in it tells me it was probably Tuesday mm. because on Monday when they went up, it sounded like they were stopped down the road a ways uh, and had to go up. So, But he's he's like, no, I remember going there. And I thought maybe Monday night, but he's like, he got off work at like 6. Uh, he's like, no. He said, I'm, I'm thinking about it in my head. I remember it was daylight. It was like middle of the day, morning, whenever, uh, when we went. Um there was there, was, there were police cars, fire truck. There was still tape there. I didn't get out of the car and talk to anybody. Um, so I'm thinking it's probably because on Tuesday neither him or Bo were working. And then also the police coming to Circuit City, as you can see from the report I have on our website, that did happen. The police came to Circuit City and and spoke with their boss. Even and then Tuesday spoke. seems way early for that. Why would they ever? That feels no. Like that wasn't Tuesday. That yeah. was I believe the 28th. Like ten okay. days later, so but he's but what I'm saying is memories, perhaps yeah. Tuesday yeah Tuesday was the day that they weren't working, 
So it, it you know, it, it sounds like he and he remembered them coming to Circuit City. He remembered going to the crime scene over the years, plus listening to you know the podcast. I think he kind of blended those together, not intentionally, but it blended those together as kind of one incident. But they were two separate incidents, yeah. it seems, from the reports. Yeah, I Montana. Montana did he said pointed out? Did he say he himself saw body bags? Because that's definitely got to be a manufactured memory. Because there's no way he. No, was I don't there think so. And we didn't say that. No. Okay, I don't remember. I, I, I'd have to go back and listen. I don't remember him saying that. I think I remember him saying that Javier. It's said that he bags. saw body bags. Yeah, I don't remember. So a memory that rings very true to me, and it's not one that you're necessarily making up, is the fact that he it was interviewed, you know, quickly after this. But we have no record of him being interviewed quickly after this. The, that's a big, a big thing. Um, and I've, I've been doing a ton of research on it. This case is such a damn spider web, and it's it's so hard to, you know, I'm running down all these. You know, like this week's episode is able to put together, there's an interview I want you guys to hear that I've set up. And then I'm just like trying to trace down and there's little nuggets mm-hmm. all over the place. Um, but like, so when, when um, uh, Jessica Henry was interviewed, who was the, another friend that was mentioned by Alex Foulon, um, LeClaire says in that interview, they were talking about Nick Crumb and he says, so if I talk to Nick again, what do you think he'll tell me? It's like, oh, so he did interview him mm-hmm. um there's and there's other indications throughout and then there's some like you'll hear in one of the interviews where it, like the 2016 interview or 2015 where nick says he's like oh i guess you guys just didn't want to talk to me back then but you know i'll talk to you now um and i and so one of the things i asked him i was like how sure are you so what's weird is every single interview in this case there is a recording a transcript report um, we don't have necessarily have all of them, but I'll like I'll have the report that says there's a recording somewhere, right? Even if I don't have the recording, um, and at it, it testimony at it, it trial, Bodmer testified that they all have what he called a belt recorder, and I don't know exactly what that is, but he's like, but he says we record everything. Anytime we're talking to anyone, we record it. But for some reason, in the report that's posted on the website, when they went to Circuit City. It just says we went, we talked to Craig Bailey, their boss. We got their time card. We verified when they were working. Uh, and then it, and it says uh, uh, Bo Nash and Nick Crum both provided alibi statements for Javier Garcia during the course of this investigation. During the Doesn't course say that of day. this investigation. Interesting. That report, that report was written in January of 07 huh. about when he went to Circuit City on September 28th of 2006. So he's writing it months later and he writes – they both provided alibi statements for Javier. Well, we've heard Bo Nash's interview. He said what he was doing that day. Didn't say he was with Javier. Nick said, and I asked, I, I said, I, I said, how sure are you that you gave statement to police? Because it seems there's indications that, that you were, that you did, but it's not in there. And he said, I'm a thousand percent positive. He, he said, I went to, they had me go to the substation. He told me where the substation was, where he went in, what it looked like. He went in. He said it was a very quick interview. They talked about what he did that night, and he left. Uh, and I said, "Is there any chance that you would have said you were with Javier?" And he's like, "Absolutely not," because that was a memory. That was a discussion that came up over and over again with him and Bo during that time. Was where the hell was Javier? They didn't know that Javier had said he was with them. Right. But they're like, where was Javier? Because they were supposed to see Javier that night and they didn't see him. And, and see, that's where I was leaning, where I was saying that this leans true to me because you have all these blended memories that he's kind of giving us throughout time. Yeah. 
but they're they're spaced way out. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's no way he's blending a memory from 2007, 2006 with a memory from 2015. Right. You know, whereas some of these other memories from 2006 he's blending together, but they're all in the same time period. They're all within that same week. He's he's kind of forgetting what order they happened in. But I don't think you're going to forget when you're interviewed. Yeah, or or forget that you were interviewed. Yes. Yeah, and, and yeah, and that it was back in that time. So he's he said, and, and I didn't give any of any feeling or indication that he was lying or making anything up. Um, I said he definitely got some things wrong, but that's normal for that, you know. And and we're able to luckily through the case file figure out like okay, well, if you said you went up there on Monday, we well, obviously didn't because you were at work. But that doesn't mean you didn't go up there. It was probably a different day. Um, but the interview is is puzzle is like all of a sudden it really is feeling to me like someone was running interference for Javier. That doesn't mean Javier did this or that Javier was involved with it, but it seems like somebody sure you know when when he says his alibi is that he's with Nick Crum and Bo Nash. Bo says he was never with him. He was supposed to be, but he wasn't, and he said that the next morning, like within twelve hours of the murders. Nick says that he would have told police that who, who he was with and what he was doing. And, and he was supposed to be with Javier and wasn't. And for some reason, there's no report on that interview. There's no transcript of that interview. There's no recording of that interview. And then they write into a report, a little throwaway line. Nick and Bo gave alibi statements for Javier. When Bo, from what we heard, didn't. And from what Nick is saying, also didn't. I guess. But I mean, Le- Leclerc just seemed so dogged in a way that I appreciate about trying to pin down Javi and what was and wasn't making sense. So whenever that interference would have happened, I guess it would have had to have happened later on than what where we're hovering with the different interviews, because it just seems like he's not buying any of that. And he's so he's so pr- he's putting so much pressure on Javi to try to take that lie detector, you know? And I know too, like Matthew, I'm just going to like quickly sprinkle in some stuff that's coming up Mm -hmm. from listeners um, while you're bringing it up. But like, you know, Matthew, I remember on the Facebook page has said, yeah, but isn't it kind of like, what does it mean that Javi goes straight to Corey's to make sure potentially, you know, for speculating that he goes to Corey's to say, make sure you tell them what we were together because I told them that. Why doesn't he reach out to the other two guys if he knows he's not telling the truth? Why would he ever put himself with those guys without having a conversation with them? Like, he's just hoping that they're going to say that that's true. So that seems kind of odd. And then Kristen also wondered, like, I think we find out that that really for a long time, Nick didn't know that he was supposed to be Javi's alibi. But because because one of the things that Kristen was thinking was like, gosh, why wouldn't you ask at some point? Like, hey, why did you... Why did you tell them that yeah. we were together? I really want to know why. You he didn't know. The police never the police never told him that. So that when did Javier... Bo and when would Bo and Nick have been having the conversation of like, why did he try to have us alibi him? I don't think they ever did. The conversation they had was where the hell was Javier that Oh, night? I see. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought yeah, you were but... saying that they were saying that in reference to later finding out. No, no, out no. They were just saying it. where was he that night because Got they it. were supposed they both said. Right. And again, you guys heard Bo's interview before Nick's, but mm-hmm. Nick hadn't heard that yet. I played that a week after I interviewed Nick. Um, but they both said that there was a plan to meet with Javier and see Becky. There's all those weird details about that, too. Like, Nick thinks that they were supposed to, like, go to a party or pick her up. But what he remembers is they went to Denny's and they said she wasn't working. And he remembers that they were supposed to be with Javier and Javier wasn't there. 
Um, and that's all he remembers. As far as the the previous question about why would he go to Corey's but not to uh, Nick or Bo and tell them to to verify things, I don't. I mean, all I can do is is speculate on that. I mean, if there's a if there's a world where, and I'm not saying this is the case, but if there's a world where Javier and um, Corey were somehow involved in this together, that would be the person that he's that he. I would think he would be worried about. You know, you know. Hey, make sure you get this story straight because we know we were together. Where whereas Nick and Bo, you know, had no no connection or involvement to it, or whatever they wouldn't be first on their mind. I do wonder about what Nick is is going through or or what he's kind of misremembering because he does say and he does mention it in the interview that he says we went to Denny's because we were going to like pick her up or something and go to a party. He's like, but but it sounds like she got off at five a.m. So that doesn't make sense. So he's kind of yeah. going through that as well. So I don't know if he's misremembering the day. I don't think they, it's the day from because I I talked to him about that a little bit too. It's it's he remembered that there was a reason they were that that somehow or another they were supposed to connect with Becky, mm-hmm. and he was kind of an outskirt of the friend group. He wasn't really friends with Becky that much. Um, is it, like he said, I didn't know her schedule or anything like that. He said, I remember there was a plan to meet up with Becky. And maybe the plan was just to just to go have dinner, just go grab something to eat at Denny's. The way he remembers it now, fifteen years later, is they were supposed to go on a, to go to a party or something with her, um, which obviously probably isn't the case because of her work schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he just you know, and he like I said, when I talked to him, he was very open about the fact that he's like, I'm doing my best to remember these things, but I don't remember. I re- he said I, he said I'm I'm positive we went to Denny's, and he said that there were people when I talked to him on the phone that there were people in their group they were already there so it's like someone from denny's he said someone from denny's didn't tell me that becky didn't show up for work when they walked in and met their other friends there the friends told him like oh she's not here she didn't show up for work Hmm. um you know he remembers but he doesn't remember why well i want to know who that is who was there who else was there that we would know he gave some names people we hadn't heard before and he he said he wasn't positive because there were some other friends that kind of had joined some new friends to the group kind of yeah yeah but But keep in mind with that too when bo was interviewed to what i think you guys are i've listened to too many interviews you guys got to keep track yeah because i don't think we've only heard one bo interview and i gotta quickly say uh, on behalf of uh, a couple people in the chat I don't think we've heard Bo say anything like we he made a vague statement about he was supposed to see Becky or go up there. I don't remember him saying anything about not being with Javi or anything about Denny's or anything like that. Like, I don't remember him saying the day after the murders that he didn't see Javi or that he was supposed to be with Javi and was. No, no. So he that. didn't. So so okay. what he said, he didn't say I didn't see Javi. He wasn't asked that. If I remember correctly from that one, I'll have to go back to the transcript and see what he what he's he said, you know, tell us what you did last night. And he he says that he and Nick Crum, uh, and I, I I believe that what's sticking in my mind, and I could have the wording wrong, was he said we were supposed to hook up with Becky or go up to Becky's last night, but for whatever reason that didn't happen. He doesn't say I wasn't with Javi. He just when he says who he was with, Javi wasn't on the list of hmm. people he was with. Maybe not. Yeah, I thought I I I walked away from that interview thinking that he was kind of saying I don't remember him placing himself with anyone. I just remember him saying. Yeah, we were supposed to go up. And because he was talking about Javi before that, I actually thought he meant Javi and I were supposed to go up and we didn't for some reason. But I didn't remember him saying. And and by the way, you know, and and separately, I was with these other people. I don't remember that. But maybe. yeah, I have to go back through and, and, and read because I know I've, I've read other interviews with him, too. Um, but that's the way I remember hearing it was he 
he said that you know him and Nick after work hung out. Doesn't mention anything about being with Corey. Doesn't mention anything about being with Javier. And he says we were supposed to go see Becky with Javier, but for whatever reason that didn't happen. But it seems uh, like but he, no, he didn't say, say we actually specific- went to Denny's. It's, you, you'd think that he would be like, yeah, we even went to Denny's and she wasn't there. Like that seems like a big detail to leave out, which I just looked down yeah. and saw Montana literally wrote verbatim what I just said. <laughs> yeah, about going to Denny's. That was the accidental mm-hmm. quote, Montana. Uh, yeah, but agreed. Yeah, so so I I don't I don't know if 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 maybe Nick is misremembering going to Denny's. Um, but he the, the things that I find consistent about the two is both share the who they were with, what they were doing that evening, and don't include being with Javier. The phone records, by the way, also indicate they weren't with Javier because he's still Correct. calling them throughout the night. Um, so it's pretty clear they weren't together. And they both say there was a plan to see Becky with Javier that night that didn't happen. Right. I, I understand that. Yeah. Uh, but I agree. That, but I do think that it's odd that, that Bo wouldn't say we didn't. Yeah. And we even went to Denny's um, the next day. Also, like, is there I mean, we we keep talking about people getting their days mixed up. Javi, there was not a real conversation about exactly where he was and what he was doing that very first time that he was interviewed. And then isn't it like the 25th when he actually is in there to get all his ducks in a row? Um, yeah. Because isn't it possible that he genuinely thought he was thinking like he conflated his memories and he genuinely thought I did all of those things. And then I went and met up with those guys. And he just is conflating like the second half of his night with a different night. And that's why he guilelessly is like, check with those guys. I was definitely with them. And he's just wrong. And so he doesn't have to, you know, he's not trying to like clean anything up. He just genuinely is like, no, 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 I did these things. And you can ask them. We went to a neighborhood. We smoked out. Like Nick said, that is something we did. So maybe he, you know, I mean, what he did do that he's he's forgotten and, and replaced with that memory, I don't know. But it, you know, I keep thinking like, well, maybe the reason his alibi doesn't line up, but he didn't ask anyone to lie for him, except maybe Corey, is that he genuinely didn't think he was lying. That and that is I want because that's 100 percent possible that Javier is just misremembering what night or what, you know, that, that that what he talked about maybe did happen a different night and maybe he's misremembered that that's that's very possible. I'm only talking about based on what he said happened compared to what the phone records and the statements of these other people right. say happened. And the, the thing that is disturbing to me, again, is, you know, I've already had issue with the, the, the Javier's attempts to contact Becky is very inconsistent with every other night. Um, so I find that weird. Uh, you can get it in the morning calling Claire instead of Becky. Uh, there's There was also some weird things in there for me. And then when I throw that in with, Two people saying we were supposed to go see Becky with Javier that night, but we didn't. Yeah, th- those are the things that that just have my hackles up for anything. It's just, it's just yeah. like, well, that that sure, that sure seems like maybe Javier knew something was something was going on. Right. Um, it could be. It could also be as simple as Javier and Becky had you know a- another alternate scenario that I want to give. Just so you know that I'm I'm thinking of all different angles. Another alternate scenario could be Javier and Becky had a fight in that in that conversation, and he was like pissed at her, and was like, and that's why he wasn't talking to her that night because he's like, well, you know, forget her, I'm mad at her, so I'm not going to talk to her. And then that maybe that that could also play into why he then feels so guilty and is doing the you know what what oh, I feel sure. like is him over explaining and well, overselling. Yeah, the, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, that's a whole other scenario that's entirely possible. And it doesn't even take a fight for that. I remember like maybe last follow up or the follow up before we talked about the idea of him just being jealous and being like, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know about it. Like I've tried the thing where I stay close and I hear every single detail and that's not working for me. And now it's Robert we're dealing with. And that's her first true love. I don't want to know. I'm at the point where I actually to protect my feelings yeah. don't want to hear this because I've been obsessive. I'm saying, again, speculating that he maybe was like, maybe I'm approaching this wrong. Maybe I need to be the guy who doesn't give a shit. Maybe I need to be Ducky, the second half of Pretty in Pink. And and I'm yeah. like, no, no, I'm actually, you know what? Uh, you, you know, I got back down. I got service again. I ain't calling you again. I'm actually going to call Corey. Like, or I'm going to call mm-hmm. Jacob or whatever. to Because sh- I, I have my own life, thank you very much. And then he would still feel super guilty. And it wouldn't even be that he was concealing a fight. It could just be that he, fro- in his mind, he froze her out. Um however he perceives that to be in his heart and then you know and then because he did that he had no you know he he felt completely separated from her when the worst thing possible was happening to her which would fuck you up forever in my opinion yeah for sure and 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 that is absolutely uh a possibility that that's on the table that i'm considering too I, i i just know some something's not right i don't think javier's being honest i think now we've got some proof that he wasn't being honest the reason for that could be something completely innocuous like what you just described, or it could be that that he has some knowledge or, or, or connection to whatever happened to Becky. I don't know, but but either one of those – in my mind, either of those are equal possibilities. Right. And the problem is, is that we have other stuff that starts layering up, like knowing that there's this – talk of you know wait a minute he's his mom was this and his dad was this and there's a is there a conflict of interest and so things start kind of piling up on top of each other and um you know it could be best laid plans like oh we're going to really protect our kid because he really had nothing to do with this and instead you end up putting a spotlight on yourself basically going well why do you care so much why are you so involved if you're if he has nothing to hide you know and so then that makes all of our hackles continue to be up no matter what you know right for sure with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, can we, before we actually officially launch into our listener questions, I do have a very, very important, very important, yet very unrelated listener question that came in via Twitter I just want to make sure I get this out there in case we lose some people because they have to go for work or whatever. Kristen C. says, I'm not on Facebook, but I have an extremely important follow-up question. Will Zach be at ObsessFest with Bob? Uh, As far as I know, I will be there for one (laughs) night for sure. (laughs) That's the most tame response in the the affirmative I've ever heard. Okay, so you saw me throw it to him waiting for this exciting. yeah. 
so I will not be in attendance all weekend. I will be there for one evening. I will be there for a little while. I will not be in attendance for the entire weekend. So you have to catch me the night that I'm there. Yeah, and I didn't know that. I know you were working on that scheduling. Um, well, I still, I mean, it depends on what, it depends on when this falls. Right. So so what a lot of people don't know is Bob and I are, we have a speaking engagement at Obsess Fest. We're not really talking about what we're doing. If you're on the Patreon, you know what we're doing. But I will for sure be there that evening. If I can make it the rest of it, I will be there. My child actually has travel soccer in Indianapolis the same weekend. So I will be commuting back and forth from Indianapolis to Columbus to make this work. Yeah, we don't have details yet, and I'll sh- I'll I'll share share what it is because it's pretty interesting and unique. Uh, uh, we committed to something that uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, Patrick Hines told us he wanted Obsessed Fest to be a fun, laid back true crime festival, and I have some serious stuff I'm doing. I'm doing a panel on the West Memphis Three with Jillian and I believe Damien. Um, uh, but uh, Zach and I are also doing what is what is build uh, true crime comedy hour with Bob Ruff featuring Zach Weaver. That is a an hour of stand up comedy re- about true crime. So we'll we'll see how that goes. It'll be a good. So time. we're gonna take yeah. a quick five minute break while you all process that, and <laughs> we'll be back with some. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, should be interesting. Uh, anybody that's on Patreon wouldn't be surprised by that. But, no, uh, I'm looking forward to it. True. I'm excited. Yeah, true, true, true. This is kind of a general thing, and I know you love talking about the call log, so I'm just going to put it up front. I'm going to front load this uh-huh. because of things that people are saying in their interviews about certain times that they talk to people and so forth. Um, there is a interest in seeing further back from you know, just that afternoon of Sunday mm-hmm. to see a master call log to sort of start parsing like who was saying the true things about like their Friday, Saturday and Sunday, for example. Yeah. And I've been I'm working on what I want to do is get a, a full call log that goes from Thursday through Monday. Um, and so I'm I'm working Great. on on doing that. So that's coming so we can we can start to nail down more of that stuff. Great. Um, OK, so uh, Sarah has a quick question about the whole scenario of the Austin shotgun story, which is would recent shotgun purchases be searchable in a police database if they had heard that story and wanted to check in on it or anything like that? I don't know in California um, in a lot of, and this has changed just recently, um, but it used to be long guns, especially if you bought them secondhand, didn't have to be registered. Like, like if Zach had a shotgun he wanted to sell me, I could just give him cash and give me the gun. Correct. Um, whereas a pistol, you still you have to go through purchase permits through the county and, and stuff like that. So, but that's in Michigan. I don't know about in um, in California how that would have how that would have worked. Okay. Um, I want to just address this because I know you answered it on the Facebook page, but for those who didn't see or wouldn't know and are wondering if you happen to ask Nick if he knew what color Nick Corline's truck bed was. I did, and he's like, man, I, I don't know. He, 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 this is what he said. He said, in my memory, it was Corey Donovan that had a red truck, and I do remember being a red truck with a different color bed. Um, he, said, he said, but hmm. but he said, but then I listened, and I heard that Corey said he had a tan truck and uh, he's like, I can't imagine, you know, the police would he sound like the truck was there, like they saw it. So I, he's like, so I don't trust my memory on that at all. He said, I, I, he said, I always in my mind thought that Corey Donovan had a red truck. So I certainly couldn't be 
precise to tell you what color the bed was in the Coraline's truck because I thought it was someone else's altogether. Good. I well, appreciate that. I appreciate, yeah, I appreciate his honesty. Uh, Janaya also was wondering um, if you walked away with any sense of, or if we would think about asking the relationship between Nick Coraline and, and Javi in terms of their closeness. And that's just because of the conversations and speculation about that little red truck and about um, timing and who would be where uh, the night of the murders. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just sounds like Javi mentions him as being a close friend. He's, he's certainly part of the friend group. I don't know much more other than that. Okay. Nick uh, had a little moment of yikes. And this is a lot of Nicks that we're talking about all at once here. But Nick B, who I know is also here in the chat. Hi, Nick B. Um, you know, had his little the red flag of um, the phone, the photo that Nick Crumb says he saw on Javi's phone that Javi showed him of the wheelbarrow mm-hmm. and the conversation that they had about that if it happened um, and putting that together with the fact that in these later Javier interviews, we learn that his phone has broken and that it's not available to him and that he's not available to be reached. And so I think Nick was sort of wondering, thinking about the timing of, you know, the phone breaking and the photos on the phone and stuff like that. I know we probably don't have any information, but. No, I mean, I think the photo's strange, but I just I, I always hesitate to put a judgment on. What's I mean, I believe it happened. I believe, I mean, I Nick said he never had went to the actual crime scene, and you know he knew that the handles were cut off of the wheelbarrow. So it, you know, it seemed, and I think I think Alex, if I remember correctly, Alex Foulon knew that too. Yeah. Um, Alex portrayed it as the killers took the handles. That's what he thought. Yeah, because yeah. he didn't know that. But yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Nick. So a lot of, and what you'll hear if you listen to the bonus episodes with Nick is there was some weird, it sounds, this is my impression of the whole situation around the time of the murders, Nick and Bo were both kind of like, you know, what was going on? You know, why was, you know, we were supposed to see Javi last night and Becky and we didn't, where was he at? Didn't think much of it. And then over time they like see the pictures There's the incident with the trunk, um, uh, things like that that happen, and then I think over time they just started to. It, it's it's tricky, especially with teenagers, because they, they start to. It, it happened with a, with like Adnan's case, right? So like police start going to the school and indicating to everyone that Adnan is guilty, mm-hmm. and then everybody starts looking at everything they did in a different light. And I think that once they got to the place where they thought, "Man, I think," because it sounds like Javi's behavior got a little strange after. After this happened, and I think that Completely maybe once they got in their mind, no matter what, yeah, I think that once they kind of got in their mind that Javier may maybe had something to do with it, then I think they're looking at everything through that lens. It probably didn't. I, my guess is it probably didn't seem all that weird when it happened. Looking back on it, late, like he wrecked his car or his phone or whatever, but then you know, especially then he gets to be an adult and he's thinking about it later, and he's like. Well, that's weird. He had those pictures and all of a sudden his phone's broken and his car's wrecked and his car's gone and he moves away. Uh, right. But you all, you heard everything. Like everything – he was looking at everything through that lens. You know, we right. hear – I think it's super weird that Jake – that may be in the, the bonus that you'll hear on Wednesday. Um, but, uh, you know, he's like – I think it's super weird that Jacob changed his name right afterwards, which we know. Yeah, that no, had he nothing. was in one of these. Yeah, it was in one of – I think it was in yeah, the Yeah, it, it, so, so you, you, you get a, yeah. that impression that – you know, he's not making anything up, but he's just looking at things through a certain lens right. when, in fact, it was just 
you know, Jacob's mom got divorced and he didn't want to have a stepdad's last name anymore mm-hmm. or whatever yep. it was. So he was changing his name was all all that was. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. And on the fa- Facebook page, which, by the way, I knew this was going to happen as soon as I joined and started looking at the follow up. That meant I also had to look at everything else. And then like half my entire uh-huh. day of other stuff I was supposed to do gone yesterday because I was right. so fascinated by what everyone was saying. Got to learn how to control that. Uh, you guys are very dangerous because you're very smart and you're always on there making great points. But that was something that came up that I think people touched on um, in conversations on Facebook was like, remember, their world consists of the people that they hang out with. And you start to try to ascribe meaning for things that happen and limit it to that circle mm-hmm. um, if you're given the opportunity to do that. So that can be part of it. Um, and then two. um I can't remember what I was going to say, but uh, but this brings us to the trunk and brings us to the the sort of when did that happen? What really happened? Was Javi the one to open the trunk? Was Jake or was uh, mm-hmm. Nick the one to open the trunk? What what about those trash bags? Teresa wants to know if they were, you know, was there a box of them or there a bunch of empty ones? Was did it seem like stuff was in them? Um, Christy pointed out like, OK, wait, the didn't we also hear about trash bags in Austin's car from someone? Was that just someone conflating a story that they had heard? Um, All of that kind of stuff around the trash bags, the shovel, and the small gallon of of gasoline in the trunk. What do you guys think about uh, that? First things first, like the the thing that that struck me as odd, and and most people in the conversation on Facebook, it didn't strike them as odd, but having a gas can in the trunk of your car um, is not... It shouldn't be normal. It's extremely dangerous. It's actually illegal. Um, it would stink. It would come through your like that's that's not that's a, a weird thing to have a gas can just riding around in the in the trunk of your car inside the compartment of your car where there's nothing but a seat between you and you know this flaming uh, you know flammable liquid that smells bad. See, I, I didn't take it that way. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying about that. It's uh, Actually, Maddox is the one. My my eleven year old's the one that brought it up. He's like, maybe his car's not good with gas, Dad. Yeah, a- and any people carry gas cans around. I don't people think it's definitely, that definitely. Yeah, even in the face, and especially people. like with his dad being in law enforcement, maybe his mm-hmm. dad is trying to be the good guy. That's trying to be like that's safe. You know, I mean, hey, buddy, maybe keep a gas can in your car if you run out. It, it sounded like Nick. Nick said that you know his his intrepid was kind of a piece of crap. Yeah, you know, maybe there's a lot going on there just because he has a gas can in his car, and I can be. This is an embarrassing story. I ran out of gas a few years ago going down the road and a guy pulled up and totally had a gas can that had gas in it in his car. He's like, hey, mm-hmm. you good? And I'm like, actually, yeah. I ran out of gas. He's yeah. like, oh, I got some. You need some? Yeah. So that's that's what I meant by it. It should be. So and that's the firefighter in me coming out. Uh, like like to have a, a, a gas can in a vehicle, it's supposed to be like metal, have one of the spring loaded lids that seal it tight. Um, especially having an empty gas can in a car wouldn't be super weird. I would think like in a truck, like in the bed of a truck or something, but like inside of it. So that, anyway, that struck me as odd. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely, you're going to hear more about, um, stuff in trunk in Austin's car coming up this, uh, coming up this weekend. I don't know. You know, he is version Nick's versions of the stories that he tells through his old interviews. And with me, there's some subtle differences there. Um, and then we hear like another incident with Austin. It's also very similar. So I don't know, but he, he seems to have very visual memories of like what he saw in the car. And so I don't know what to think about it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if like, and, and Nick who will be listening to this, I'm sure like, 
like people think this doesn't happen, but it can happen. You can literally hear a story about something and over and the years you, you think you saw it and that, that same thing could be going the other way or there could be two separate incidents. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I, I, but the thing is, it's not, I don't think it's something we should, that, that issue is something we should spend too much time focusing on anyway, because as Zach mentioned, there are a million innocuous reasons why you might have a gas can and a shovel. There's no evidence a shovel was used in the crime, but if a shovel that, was. That was my next question was, you know, we have these very unusual items that we're, we're saying is in this trunk, that he, that he spies in this trunk, that we, we see the gas can, we see a shovel, we see these these black bags. But none of that, I mean, besides the gas can, the shovel and the black bags weren't used in the crime that we are aware of or yeah. weren't that, that we assume would be used in the crime. So what, I mean, they are weird items, but that doesn't really link them. To so like devil, devil's advocate, you could think of scenarios, right? So like a lot of people have thrown around the idea of, and, I, and I've considered it myself, that, you know, the murders happened at eight o'clock and then somebody went back up there an hour later to try to dispose of things i could see somebody being like oh let's grab like trash bags and shovels and we're gonna and then they got out there and they're like this we can't this ground's too hard we can't bury them let's just let's burn them instead and they had the gas cans and lit them on fire you know that that all there there are possibilities why somebody may have thought to bring a shovel and didn't use the shovel the trash bags could be you know we're still missing becky's shoe if that's not the photo that i saw inside the house Mm -hmm. um if that's not what that is um, you know, where they could have like gathered some evidence, cell phone, you know, they're thrown in the bag. I don't know. There, there's reasons for it, but there's certainly not enough hearing someone say a week later, I saw a gas can and a shovel in, in someone's car is, is not enough for me to think, well, that person's a suspect. You know I mean? I don't it, even it's, think we know it was a week later, by the way, as long as we're throwing things out there, like yeah. it could have felt like it was a week later. Cause, but it was really like six Very months good later. Point. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Also, people on Facebook said um, uh, a lot of people use uh, some to all of those materials for bonfires. So if people were real into right. bonfires, and it sounds like they were, um, mm-hmm. that they there. I'm so sorry I didn't like because this was not on the follow up. This is like a separate conversation that I fell into. Mm-hmm. Um, but that they they were like, I would you you know this is these are the th- three things that I would use for a bonfire: plastic bags, da da da. Like there was a reason behind that as yeah. well. I also think. Um, this is just a side tangent off of what you just said, but like, I don't know. But again, because of the people we are talking about being involved or specifically Javi, the idea that he something would happen and that he would go all the way home and still have the moxie to drive back up to a crime scene with bodies. Talk about risk. I mean, Clemeni, I feel like if you he were here, he would be like, you are taking a huge risk going back right. to a quiet area. An hour later, like leaving the scene and then coming back to it to me, which I don't think we've ever really talked about, seems very, very dangerous and like something very few people would have the nerve to do for that reason. Yeah. And, 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 and for the emotional clear, reason of it, like the trauma of it, you know? Yeah. And I'm going to be clear where we're looking and we're getting all this information. I still personally have not seen anything that would indicate to me that Javier was involved in these crimes. Right. I will say. I'm I, I I'm suspicious that he may know what happened, but I don't I have not seen no, nothing I've seen so far makes me think that Javier was part of the murders or was part of the um concealment of the crime scene with fire or any of that. Um 
I, I think that if Javier has any involvement, just from what I'm seeing so far right now, I think that if a big, if, 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 if he had any involvement, that that involvement would just be that he knows who did it. Right. Uh, that's a whole other like thing to, to try to wrap my head around and wondering what that, what the, that would look like and how, um, that almost feels like it needs its own episode. But um, I just wanted to acknowledge uh, Kathleen in the chat. Don't worry. You're asking about the other piece of uh, Nick interview where he talks about uh, Javi totaling his car. Um, lots of questions about that on Facebook as well. Chris W. wants to know, would you be charged with anything if it's just you and your car and you hit a tree? Um, Nick B. wants to know, would there be a report even if he wasn't charged with anything? Um, just what... Do, ha- what confirmation, if any, will we ever get on that? Possibly none. We, we won't get any. We won't get any because if the, if there was a report, they only have to hang on to those records for a few years. They would be gone. Um, uh, and Riverside is not particularly great about sharing any information, so it would be a fight to 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 get a hold of it. And there's a possibility if it's a if it was a kind of a beater car like Nick described that didn't have full coverage insurance on it, and it was just a single like he hit a tree, they could just. Just as easily say, oh, shit, the car's totaled, call a tow truck and never make an insurance claim mm-hmm. or a police report or anything like that. So, right. um, unfortunately, we don't have any other confirmation of that other than if yeah. we can maybe I'm hoping to maybe talk to some more people that knew the group that might be able to confirm. But again, I can't. That's another one of those things where it's like I see why Nick looking through it with the lens he was looking through right. it in hindsight, like, oh, that seems very suspicious. Yeah. Um, but, but but to me, it's it's. Could mean something, could mean nothing, probably nothing. I can't imagine you talk about moxie is the word you use, but it was like, like that's pretty gutsy to be like, I'm going to crash my car with me in it. People are terrified. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't think that's the case. Well, and two, like I've been in very, very few car accidents that were my fault. I've been in two small car accidents that were my fault. Both times I was at like the most fragile most like someone had recently passed like truly someone had recently passed away like i wasn't paying mm-hmm. attention because my brain was in a fog right and i rear-ended someone and you know what i mean so like if ever there's a time that it would make sense to get into an accident um it would be when you are super stressed out or super emotional or you know going through something um yeah little you know in terms of talking about grief behavior and stuff and wanting to give uh with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, a, a lot of credit and and possibility of all the different ways that people behave when they're grieving, including having a photo like that or going up to the location and talking to mm-hmm. um, Becky and stuff like that, going up to the lake. Um, yeah, for me, none of that seems suspicious, again, just because people I know how different people are and I know how I am. Yeah. Um, but if we ever wanted to follow up, like, you know, just a little question with, you know, a forensic psychologist, I'm sure we could get a little bit of reassurance that there are or are not things that, you know, could be red flags about that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think the answer, I mean, obviously, I'm not qualified to make that call, but I in, in my ex- limited experience, the answer would be people grieve in different ways. Like you can't. You know, you, you can't 
you can't look at any of those things and be like, oh, well, they're obviously the killer because they went to the lake and talked to a dead person. Like that's mm-hmm. people. Yeah. There was a, remember there was a guy in um, Bridgman where, we, where you live, where I, I used to live too. Uh, this, this, this guy's wife passed away. And I remember when I would drive home from the fire station for years, every day when I would drive home, the guy would be just standing out of the cemetery where you could see it in front of his wife's grave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No chair, no nothing. Just stood there uh, every single, and this is, and this is, this guy was probably in his forties Yeah. every single day Aww. when I drove by, he was standing out by his wife's grave, wife's grave. Like, so that that's, yeah, it's heartbreaking, but it's like, I could look at that and be like, that's nuts. I would never do that. Like, I wouldn't, I would just stand there all, all day. You got it. But, but that's just, that's, that was just his way of grieving. Yeah. My point is you can't, I will never put suspicion on somebody because of the way they grieve because everybody grieves differently. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move into this sort of takes us into Nick's 2015 interview. Um, obviously, there's a lot of overlap. Um, we've covered a bunch of stuff that that's in both. Um, but I think people really want to talk a little bit about Bonnie ga- gathering a group of, of friends together to mm-hmm. talk about stuff. And then, you know, potentially Javi not being being there. Just people are you know, that's a new piece of information and people are taking it a bunch of different ways. So what do you guys think? Like, Zach, what did you think about that? You know, it's one of those things like I, I still I have a hard time knowing if I should believe that it's true or not. That's kind of where I fall. Like, do we believe that that really happened or do we believe that that it was just something we think happened? I think it happened. I think and I partially that's because I'm pretty sure I read it somewhere else in another report. But it was a not just people that you know Bonnie kind of gathered people together and it, but it, it it I don't think it means anything. I, I mean, the fact that Javier's not out there, he and again that's the lens Nick was looking through. Like it's weird. Why is he not out here when his mom's talking to us about you know about how we handle it? It's it sounds like it sounds like a good mom to me. I mean, I mean if it, if we do believe it, I mean, like you said, it's a good mom protecting her child, trying to help her child through a rough time. Well, not just her child, but it, but the friends. I mean, mm-hmm. we were the, my brother's best friend died in a car accident when he was sixteen, and all the kids ended up at my parents' house. And I remember, like, I was you know I was ten years older than my brother, so I was like out there with them, talking to them about you know about what they were. You know, my big concern was like you know let's not let you. I know you guys. I, I hear you talking about drinking and smoking and mm-hmm. doing all this stuff that like like. You guys need to be careful and keep your heads on straight. And uh, so, yeah, that if it happened, I have no reason to believe it didn't happen. I think that that's just, you know, I, I don't think there's anything suspicious about it, I guess I, I should say. Uh, that being said, I can see, again, why someone who was looking, just like people were looking at a dawn, looking at somebody through a lens of suspicion, why all of a sudden it's like, well, why is she out? And I think he says, and and I think we're talking about the bo- that that was in one of the bonus episodes, mm-hmm. so everybody might not have heard that where he told that, that story. Yeah, that's why I said we're at the 2015 interview now, which is the yeah, which is the bonus episode. Yeah, which was out on Tuesday. Um, but you know, it, 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 you know, he he said he's like, I don't know. All of a sudden, you know, looking back on, it, I was like, was she just trying to subconsciously get us to kind of, you know, right. not not throw Javier under the bus? But it doesn't sound like anybody. It, again, that's it didn't sound, I don't think anybody took it that way in the moment. 
and and later on, once you get this, you know, idea in your mind where you're looking at things through a suspicious lens, everything looks differently. Right. Including at the fact that I'm sure we're going to get way more into, again, these conflict of interest that we're talking about or mm-hmm. the le- the law enforcement connections that all of that sort of pools into this place of like how much involvement were a th- were parents who also had authoritative positions trying to insert themselves or not into the investigation right. or the outcome of the investigation. So I think that tips it a little bit for people um, mm-hmm. maybe in that in that particular way. So I'm sure we'll be talking much more about all of that and where things were in 2015, 2014, 2013, when mm-hmm. the things started kicking back up again, including questions that came up about like, so a PI starts the investigation and then the cops, you know, we heard a re- the reaction of Nick saying, yeah, I talked to this PI and the cops like, uh-huh, and uh-huh. Right. And do you remember who that was? So we can, f- I feel the tension of politics there, like without having any more real information, oh, knowing we're going to get there. Yeah, there's a ton of, I mean, there's elections that go on. There's DAs that didn't like each other. There's, you know, Javier Sr. didn't like people. The, you know, Ron Friedley hired a PI because he felt like they weren't, you know, the police weren't doing enough. And so he's in the mix of it. I don't know how the yet how the FBI connects to the whole thing at one at some point, but yeah, all that stuff is coming up. And I, I'll, I'll take this moment to address. There's, some people have shared. There's stuff that's just out there. It's been out there for a long time. We've talked about the 48 Hours episode stuff like that. There's also on YouTube like news clips and things, and and um, you know, like one of them I'll address. There was like a, a news clip where a reporter was making a big deal about how Javier's dad, who was a DA investigator. Didn't want he convinced Javier not to take a polygraph, and they like made a bit. And, and like when you watch that news clip that somebody had shared on the page, I think a YouTube clip, like you watch it, and it's like, oh yeah, that is terrible. Why is this? Well, Christian's dad also told him not to take a polygraph, and Robert's parents told him not to take a polygraph, and Jacob's parents told him not to take a polygraph. Nobody in the case except Ron Friedley took a polygraph. It's not you know, it, it's like the fact that he happened to be. It was kind of spun in a certain way. So just just keep some of that. Now, that being said, there is some inf- interesting information in some of those things that we'll talk about later that yeah. uh, well, was great. revealed. You brought up the thing that I was about to bring up, which was that we would talk about uh, information that's out there that's peripheral that we may or may not be addressing anytime soon. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, that's basically it. I mean, Autumn and Taylor, I just want to give them a shout out because they said something similar to something you mentioned on the side moments ago which is this idea of perhaps uh, Javi knowing something. Maybe he swung by Becky's after the murders and saw something he shouldn't have or um, Mm -hmm. just that general sort of like, I wonder wonder if he knew something. I know I'm sure we'll be talking about that more in the future. Um, uh, And then uh, just a general question, uh, like Caroline and Valeria, uh, people, uh, some sprinkles of this being asked across the last few episodes. Just curious whose house Becky's phone was at in Sky Valley. I think that came up again because of where Nick Crum lived. Um, Don't know if it matters, but there's curiosity there. Yeah, I I saw that question this morning before we recorded, and I have to ask Nick if, because in my mind, it was always, she was going to like a cell phone store. And then somebody's like, no, she left her phone at a friend's house. They would like, was it Nick's house she was going to get her phone from? Because he lived in Sky Valley. Hmm. And I don't know if that was like very, but then I thought about it. I was like, yeah, why the hell would she leave the Palm Springs Coachella Valley? That is like, surely there's a singular wireless store there somewhere, which she yeah. wouldn't have to drive all the way out there. 
Um, so yeah, I'll have to I'll have to ask that question. I don't have the answer for it right now. Um, Especially if there's phone records showing like she didn't have any cell activity outgoing for a day or two days or whatever. Um, as you mm-hmm. go back further into the week, not saying you have to give us records for now, like Monday through Sunday. Yeah. So don't worry about that. But right now, um, I, I, I mean, I think that's it. I think, you know, again, I know we're we're still in the realm of I'm not going to say pulling that string, but I just said it. Um, well, that's what I was just about to ask is, yeah. you know, I know as as, you know, the voice of the listeners, as a listener myself, and I know a ton of listeners are, are wondering, like, wh- where are we going next? Where do we go next from here? I um it, I've changed my analogy in this week's episode. I've decided it's no longer a string. Um, because it's not so straight. It's, I it's a spider web now and it's all going oh. out in different directions, but that's literally how I feel about like, is, uh, you know, I keep saying this, you know, like what was me, but it, like, it's a bitch trying to figure out like, where do you, there's so many different angles. And so what I found just to give you some heads up of some things, like I have found there was a follow-up interview with Austin Alba. It wasn't done until nine years later. Okay. Um, and there was an interview with the person that he was supposedly with that night. There's a string of interviews that connected to that as far as oh, alibi that okay. I want to talk about. All right. Um, but there's also – but that was all this time later. And then there's – there's what we're going to go this Sunday is Jessica Henry who was mentioned in Alex Fulon's up. But he mentioned – Alex Fulon, remember, mentioned Nick Crum and Jessica Henry as having information about Austin. Uh, and so we heard Nick. Nick, we're going to hear from Jessica this weekend, and this is one of those interviews where I listen to thinking, oh, I just want to hear what she says about what her interactions with Austin were. But then we get way more into victimology, and we get way, like she starts talking about a lot of things and adding more information about the relationship with Javier and Becky and all this stuff. So, um, and the other friend group and how other friends felt about Becky and all that. So that's what's coming up uh, this Sunday, and then um, I think from there we're going to go into the follow up. But I'm trying to get to. Tying up all the loose ends with this friend group and then move into the case uh, against Robert and Christian and get into like the forensics and, and stuff there. I just want to make sure we button up all these loose ends uh, with this. What the Austin the one's going to be a little tricky. Uh, yeah, the sisters, like we got to get in there too. Yeah. We've got the, the sisters interviews. There's a whole line there. Uh, there's a there's a lot. And so and that's what I mean by this, like this spider web because there's not like a very clear – after this, I'll go here, and then I'll go here, and then I'll go here. It's like, sure. okay, well, here, but this leads back here, and then back over there, and it's connected back here. So we're good. As I said, this is I'm just going to keep throwing information at you. When I have time, I'll throw out bonuses. You know, if I think this is something you just want you to listen to, we don't need to talk too much about it. I'll throw it out as bonuses to try to keep things moving around. The Austin one, I'll do a, probably a full episode on that. Tricky part with that one is it's super crisp audio of him talking, and I really want you guys to hear what what he's like it's it's very interesting okay wherever he's at there is music playing in the background that is also very crisp and very clean very you know like like 2015 top you know the point is I can't play the interview on the podcast or I'll get nailed for copyright violations because there's music playing the entire time all these (laughs) Uh, so I'm going to have to like break that down and, and talk and it, I'm trying to figure out a way around it because I want you guys to hear some things that are in that, but that's coming. We've got to, we just got a lot of work to do people buckle in, uh, this week, Jessica Henry, I'm working on the phone record stuff. Uh, I've got some other listeners that are helping me with some, um, with some other documentation. 
we're I think we're getting close to the end where we can kind of at least put the pin in this group for now and then move past it. I'm trying to get us there. Um, so just keep listening and there's more and more information. And yeah. uh, and I do have on. I have a master document of like general questions I see come through or that I have that that sort of take us off away from these conversations and these very specific follow-ups that still run an hour and a half. Um, So uh, I'm not forgetting about those. Um, I don't know what we're going to do with all of them, but guys, just so you know, like I really do try to, I have a file that's like, well, going to snip that out and put it in that file of like, what about this thing we talked about, you know, six weeks ago or whatever. So I'm trying, but um, my own spider web in the form of that document is very clunky. Uh, and I just remembered, I'm about to mess this up again, um, because we are, um, over an hour into this and I just remember nobody mentioned in the questions, the end of my interview with Nick, where he talks about the dirt road back to like that flat road place, wherever they went to have bonfires. Um, I'm sure you heard that 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 was, yeah, that was perking my interest. So it was, so, and I said, so if you go to the Facebook fan page, I'll post it other places to the other social medias too. Um. I, I took a, uh, a screenshot of the aerial view of the whole neighborhood and asked him to show me where he was talking about. And he showed me where. So if you're looking at the neighborhood, you go west on Alpine a little ways, then there's like a dirt road, two track that goes way back up to the mountain range. And there's a big circle area. And he said, that's where they would hang out and do the bonfire. And and I was asking him, like, could you walk to Becky's from there? And he was like, ah, it'd be a long walk. And it would be, it'd be close to two miles, which for me, you know, for somebody that, does that kind of thing two mile wouldn't be too that big of a deal. Um, but that wasn't what I was really getting at. What I was getting at was the two track. And if you look at that map, the two track that show where you see where it goes back to it, not necessarily that they went all the way back to where they did the bonfires, but what I was getting at is that at a place where someone could have parked their car away from the road where no right. one could see it, where they would be close then. And I think it is, I mean, you, you, there's spots where you could park and be completely your car could be concealed and it's less than a half mile to cut straight over to the Friedley property where you could get back over to your car behind the houses yeah. and take off. Not, I don't know if that's what happened, but that was, it just caught my interest that it was like, Oh, within the, you know, the weeks after the murder, they went back and, you know, Nick Corline who has the red truck was taking us and leading us the way back to this two track, back to this remote place behind the yeah. crime scene. Hmm. Um, just all something. I don't know that it means anything, which is something to be thinking about. And for those of you who are wondering, why was I was I pressing him on that? Because that was something that was really I really think that the killer's left on foot. And when he was telling me there's a place back behind the house where someone could have put a could park a car, that was very interesting to me. Yeah. Wish we had footprints uh showing us anything other than some wheelbarrow tracks and some footprints over them. Uh yeah. all right. <laughs> well, thanks everybody. Oh, the spider web, Bob, the spider web. This has been fascinating. Um, Excited for next week. Awesome. We'll talk to you guys next week on the follow-up. And uh, for those of you that are live right now at 5 o'clock Eastern time today, another bonus is dropping with another interview for 2016. Thanks, Janet. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, all of you for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Justice is 
an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Edited by Kelly Barron's Brink, and all music for the show was created by PutThemInASong.com. Our follow-up logo was created by me, and all of our font across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, TruthAndJusticePod.com, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. And a big thank you to our transcription team, Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Kay Woodyomnick, Ginger Viola, Erica Cantor, Danielle Rohr, Jennifer Ford, Courtney Wimberly, and Melissa Cardenas. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in several ways. To financially support the show, the best thing you can do is just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. You'll not only be supporting the show, but you'll get something in return. On Patreon, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we have reward levels. For just $5 a month, you get access to ad-free versions of all of our episodes and behind-the-scenes bonus video content every week. Then other reward levels include t-shirts, hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. Just go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. You can also do us a huge favor by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the brands that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is to engage in our investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page on Facebook. And for all you tweeters out there, you can connect with us on Twitter at truthjusticepod. Follow our personal accounts on social media. I can be found in all forms at Bob Ruff Truth. Janet can be found at Janet Varney. And Zach is at Z to the Q. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. As for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver. And I'm Janet Varney. And this has been Truth and Justice. You forgot your damn pirate hat again. I know. I keep trust me, this morning was not not ideal. Not ideal. Yeah. Where what were you going to get? All the school supply shit. Oh. And they're like, ah, just bring a pencil, bro. That's all <laughs> you need, man. You just need a pencil, bro. <laughs> no. We got you. Two doll hairs. Literally the nicest place in America. For weed. Uh not for weed. For weed. That's bullshit. Horseshit. <laughs> oh, you're gonna go off Reader's Digest? You know why? <laughs> That's because you read that still. Only people 78 read that. I can make an article too. Fucking COVID brain right there. Yeah, when 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 the world got awful no, and no one cares. Hated each no other. one cares. Hi guys. Uh, thank you for the birthday wishes. I really appreciate that. God damn it. Put this away so I can see people wishing me happy birthday. You were up at four, baking pastries at five, and open at six. Hundredth cappuccino by eight, two hundredth customer by nine, and there's still twelve hours to go. That's why you need a business broadband that works as hard as you do. Introducing Sky Business. With 4G internet backup and our Stay Connected guarantee, that's better business. To find out more, visit skybusiness.com. Sky Fiber only, 30-second 4G activation or one-off credit. New customers, Pro Plus packs only. T's and C's apply.